What's going on, y'all? This is your girl, Tanisha Peoples, live and in color as always on the People Voice podcast. We got some special people dropping in tomorrow. We're not, we always got some dope guests, but these women are especially gifted and in their conversation, in their voice. They dropped by my living room this morning, so we go get it cracking as always in conversation. I'm going to introduce them. First, we have Dia Jones. Dia is a teacher a conscious disruptor, freedom fighter, photographer, blogger, and CEO of Be Free LLC, which is a company dedicated to educating the community and creating dope t-shirts. Dia, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Excited to be here to talk to you and the ladies because it's about to be lit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Always, always. <laughs> Next up, we have Isis Span. Isis is a wife. She's a mom and educator. She's also a business owner. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Whose, mission, <laughs> whose mission in life is to break generational strongholds. And as an education consultant, she aims to narrow equity and engagement gaps. Isis, how you doing today? To be young, gifted, and black, my sisters. What's going, right. on? What's going on? I know that's right. Well, come on for the Friday <laughs> word. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> and last, last, we have my fellow Chicagoan, Ms. Sharonda Knight Dawson, she's an education writer and political organizer working to organize black votes. And she's been doing this over 20 years. And I think Sharonda was a little modest in her in, in, in the introduction she gave me. Sharonda is a walking encycl- encyclopedia. Sharonda knows it all in black history, history. Um, she, she's a phenomenal writer. So Sharonda, how you doing? How you doing today? I am so excited. Uh, today's my birthday and I cannot think of a better way to spend my birthday than talking about black women with black women. So yeah, Yes. Hey, 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 happy hey. birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. And my baby turns one tomorrow. So yay. Y'all almost all right. <laughs> Pisces in the house. Pisces in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, we gonna go ahead and kick this off. It is officially Women's History Month. And just to start the conversation, I think I would be remiss not to acknowledge white women. <laughs> and I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? <laughs> and we're not talking about, I want to talk about the white women, <laughs> the haters, the white women haters who <laughs> who were hating on sis who created Honey Pie, my Lord. Mm. Behind every successful black woman is a hating ass white woman with y'all mm. mad ass. So I just want to, <laughs> I'm not shouting, I'm not shouting y'all out for being great. I'm shouting y'all out for being the haters that y'all are for the free marketing that y'all gave sis and her 30% <laughs> sales that y'all boosted for Honey Pot. Give it up for the hating ass white women, y'all. Snap, 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 snap. What y'all, how, how, did y'all, how did y'all feel about that? What's y'all kind of, you know, opinions about the hating ass white women? <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm calling it like a net, like white womaning. Like when they do this, because it's so consistent, it happens so often, and it's 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 it still makes me angry. But mm-hmm. what makes me more angry is how they don't 
see and know themselves, you know, and they mm-hmm. keep like deflecting and being like, oh, that's just a couple of people. And it's like, no, this is y'all. This is white women. This is what y'all right. do all the right. time. Um, yeah. And so it just is, it's triggering because you, you're like, again, with this Becky or Karen, right. <laughs> right. you know, is this what we're doing again? <laughs> right. Like sit y'all ass down right. and the business. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's just, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just, again, Becky, we're going to Becky again today. And, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little older. So once upon a time, you know, I used to have all these conversations in person and social media. Now I'm just like, some of those memes where they just, you just look at them, just say, okay, whatever, just go ahead, you know, whatever, go somewhere. Cause you know, but again, Caucasians be caucating on every day. And we just, <laughs> we just used to it. And it's just enough already. Just calm down. But to again, call Cassidy. That's all it is. And you know, and you know, who had, who had the last laugh? Honey pot. Exactly. Exactly. Isis, did you, did it make you feel away? No, I mean, honestly, I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> like, I don't even, like, like Dia kind of said, like, I don't even get mad about it anymore. Just like you said, like, her sale, she got, she got her money. Good, good mm-hmm. attention, bad attention, sis got her money. And I'm just sitting back, like, I ain't, I ain't tripping. I wasn't in the Pantene commercials or, you know, I wasn't, right. no, we weren't tripping. So, like, let's just get her coins and let's keep it moving. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think that's a, a perfect segue into our first kind of topic of conversation, which is who else besides Becky Nim, who else is hating on black women, trying to silence our voices, trying to disempower us? Who else is the who else is amongst the haters? You know, I, I was going to say, there's, a, there's so many that we can talk about because Black women, like Malcolm X said, we are the most unprotected um, <laughs> in America. But I think there's something particularly damaging and stressful about white liberal women um, hmm. that, and, and it's Women's History Month, right? And I know one of the pieces I wrote was like, the white suffragettes were racist. Like, and, and, and we just won't say that. And it, it feels like their fragility and their sensitivity like takes precedent over mm-hmm. the reality of their actions, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm getting to the point where it's like, I don't want to play these games anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, I'm not going to pretend like you guys are allies or that you care about what we care about. And it's hard, especially for those of us that are in social service and in mm-hmm. nonprofit, because white women are usually the bosses and they're mm-hmm. the people at foundations. And and they're so unaware of their own racism. And I think some of their, it, maybe it's jealousy or hateration, but it's something there that they continuously hold black women down and try to keep us in our places and silence our voices and it's you know and it, it, it's it's exhausting it's yeah. exhausting they are exhausting this group that says so much that they believe that they're for black women are probably the people that give black women the biggest headaches because yeah. they're exhausting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while trying to look like us in, in some cases yeah <laughs> yes Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What y'all think, Dia and Isis? I think when you first emailed it to me, I automatically wanted to jump on the 
oh, the white people or the white man or white supremacists. Like, I immediately wanted to go that route. But then I just had to really think about my reality. And my mm-hmm. reality right now is that I feel like at a certain level, us as Black women, we're holding ourselves back. Um, mm. And it's not to say that there aren't outside forces that are coming against us and, are, and, we're, are, and we are being attacked. But at the same time, working with elementary and middle school students now and then seeing Black moms not even come in to say, good afternoon, how y'all doing, how my child doing? Like, you have to know as a Black woman, as a Black man in 2020, that there are white people that think that you're ignorant, that you're stupid, that you're illiterate, that you're uneducated. So when you don't show up and when you don't use your voice, you are just feeding into what they already think about you. So I mm-hmm. feel like at a certain at a certain point, we already know, yeah, people are against us. They think these things about us. Mm-hmm. But just like I tell my students, you're either going to prove them right or you're going to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And I feel right. like at this point in time, I can't honestly... I can't be against the head of a white man or a white woman without beating against the head of my own people and be like, mm-hmm. hey, you got to show up. And they mm-hmm. saying this about you and they, and they saying all these things, you on food stamps, you on this, you on that. You would rather get your hair done than to show up. But then when I host a workshop and y'all not there, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. fight for you. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really can't do it because y'all not showing up. Right. So, right. I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. my, that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and Isis, I'm going to, I'm going to disclose something for you all. And Isis, I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying. Um, uh, a sister will be 50 this year. So a, a lot, uh, y'all can snap that up if y'all want to. All right. All right. Okay. I, 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 I thought I heard the snap. I know. So, um, so I'm just kind of getting to a point where peace is more important to me. Mm. So I, there, I, I agree with you, Isis, but I, I'm going to take a different spin on that. Mm-hmm. I am around so many dope ass black women and I surround myself with white women who are dope as hell too because if you come in my face with some bullshit you gotta roll and so mm-hmm. it, so my perspective is I think that the the biggest per- people that are holding us back the perpetrators would be us because we are so powerful you know and I love it when people say oh we gonna get the seat at this table nah, nah we just need to make our own tables mm-hmm. yes. I think that's just that's where we are right now. Let's carve out these chairs. Let's carve out these tables. Let's do everything we need to do to get back to once upon a time when we were we were Negro. And then we need to just go on and do what we need to do. We need to Black Wall Street, all of this, take this power back. And then just, when we have these conversations, oh, here's a perpetrator, great, but I'm going to go right over to Tanisha because she got what I need. You yeah. know, so, yeah. so then we're looking at these perpetrators are just minuscule, you know, stair steps. We're going to step right over you and go do exactly what we need to do. Yes, it's harmful and it hurts when it's in our own community holding ourselves back. But I think once we take back our power, create our own tables, our own areas and things that we need, I think people will see this is the way we need to go. And these conversations will be less and less and less. Let me ask y'all a question so real quick. You have to know you have it. I yeah, let me. I'm sorry. Me, I'm also going to just. Oh yeah, Sharonda. I was going to say. I think for me, just not to totally disagree. I think there is some internalized power that we have. But one of the issues that I have with Black people is we don't. 
we take on so much guilt and we spend so much time trying to prove white people wrong mm-hmm. that it's exhausting. You know, that, that that's sure. an entire job. Like, if mm-hmm. they think we're on welfare and to prove them wrong, like, that takes something out of your soul. That takes right. something out of your spirit and energy that I think could be better spent like Mm -hmm. building us up. And then the other thing is like, when we talk about like, what are the solutions? A lot of times we don't do this with knowing the history of these solutions. So like if we do a black wall sheet, yeah, that's good. But white people burn it down Mm -hmm. and they burn down like 20 of them, you know? So we tried to do, you know, stuff on our own and they Mm -hmm. shut it down. We try to do these organizations and racism Mm -hmm. shuts it down. And Mm -hmm. then somehow we still keep thinking that it's our fault. We think that it's our Mm -hmm. fault. We're not doing enough to help Mm -hmm. ourselves when in Mm -hmm. reality we've, we've tried, we've tried almost everything. We've tried segregating. Mm -hmm. We've tried integrating. We've tried talking better. We've Mm -hmm. tried, getting a black president we've tried showing up to meetings and they still don't respect us and so at some point i think we need to take some of the pressure and the 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 blame off of ourselves Mm-hmm. And and to 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 prove white people to prove to white people that we're worthy because they're never gonna see that and they never have and we keep trying to do it and mm-hmm. and it's just failing. Sorry, I'm, I know right. I'm rambling, but it's no, like, no when yeah, we mention Black Wall Street, it's like we have to buy from each other. Yeah, we do, and then they don't give us interest rates, or then they yeah. burn. They literally burn like towns down. Right. So. Yeah, but again, but with that, Sharonda, for me, I don't know if you're speaking to me or ISIS to, to, for a, a different viewpoint. For me, number one, I'm from Oklahoma. So Black Wall Street was in my blood. You know, so it's something I'm coming from a perspective of this is what my family has always done. So, I mean, if you look at what we do, like if we spend trillions of dollars in the hair industry, you know, we have to rethink and recalibrate our thinking. It's a mindset shift. So that's trillions of dollars. Look at our churches trillions of dollars so we're talking about trillions of dollars that we have so it's 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 not about proving white people wrong at all it's it's not has nothing to do with them it has everything to do with us so if we can shift that mindset into say taking those trillions of dollars and saying we can build our own and and if for example we don't have to borrow with trillions of dollars Mm because with trillions of dollars we can open up our own housing districts we can open up our own businesses because that's trillions of dollars yeah, you know, yeah. so it's it's the difference between going in like even if you know my you know like what is that that book that called the, the wealthy barber, mm-hmm. you know, and he made pennies but died a millionaire, so it's a mindset shift. It's not what you make, it's what you keep, and so then what you take that and then you say I'm going to take five dollars and I'm going to take this five dollars and invest it here as opposed to make possibly going to McDonald's. So I'm I'm speaking finances, but it's not about proving white people. It's about taking what we have and changing our mindset to make sure that we have what we need. I guess I'm saying, well, I, I was going to say yes, and it's also about knowing that all those things have been tried before and done mm-hmm. before, and that it wasn't that our ancestors, our people before, weren't, they didn't understand money. Like, I I love reading Carter G. Woodson and W.B. Du Bois and the Miseducation mm-hmm. of the Negro. And his mm-hmm. whole thing is like, we're miseducated. We're not going to get our freedom through mm-hmm. capitalism. Like, it, it just, it doesn't happen that way, you know? And mm-hmm. I think part of it is respecting history. And maybe that's mm-hmm. the nerdy part of me. But it, it's like saying, um, if Black 
kids don't know that we've had our own civilizations for thousands of years mm -hmm. that we've run successfully and mm -hmm. businesses, then they mm -hmm. can't see it. But if the only goal is to see or to emulate what we see white people doing, mm. it's, it's, it's short-sighted because it's still um, deficit-based. You know, right. we're starting our history with slavery. We're saying within the Americas, let's do a Black Wall Street versus saying, let's do a Matsumusa Kingdom of Mali. You know, mm -hmm. like that was way better than Wall Street. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, I guess, sorry, I'm not trying to like disagree. It's oh, no, just no, more like, I think we okay. put so much pressure on ourselves and mm -hmm. we beat ourselves up for stuff that isn't always our fault. Like Donald Trump is an idiot. He is talking, he is saying stuff and white people are not embarrassed by him. And I just, <laughs> and I feel like I hate that we still have to feel like we're embarrassed or ashamed because we're not doing enough. When you see this guy who's done nothing, who's not smart, mm -hmm. who's not bright, who's not deserving and he's president, you know, like mm -hmm. at some point, like we deserve a break. And just be yeah. like, can we just live? Well, I think, you know what, in, in this in this vein of conversation, I recently wrote a piece about unlearning, you know, and so this is a this is a layered conversation. We have been we have been brainwashed to think that we're less than. We have been assimilated to white supremacy culture in which we measure our success against their standards of success. And, you know, it sounds like what you guys are talking about or what Dia's talking about and Sharonda, what you're talking about is we have to do that unlearning and then have the education piece of our history beyond mm -hmm. and before the Americas and then learn become educated, become our own scholars and how we build our own societies. So to, to really create our own standards of excellence and subscribe to those standards to be successful, independent of what white people have told, have told us success is mm -hmm. and how we should act and what we need to do. Exactly. So that's what I'm hearing. It's like Audre Lorde said, the master's tools will never demolish the master's house, right? Right. So that's 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 what I'm getting at. It's just like and 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 Carter G. Woodson, he did the miseducation of the Negro, where mm -hmm. he has this great example about how black people go to um, business school so they could get a job working for a white company versus like immigrants or different people coming in looking at what can I do in my own community? How can I mm -hmm. take this this knowledge that I have and apply it to my community? Because we, right. we've gotten into this individualistic mindset. Um, right. and, and it's just not, yeah, it's not helping us. It, it's, and it, it doesn't work. It's never worked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so is, as, as Black women on this call who have very, again, very powerful voices who are building tables, in various communities around the country, how how do we promote the building of our own tables? How do we, where, where are women who are listening to this podcast supposed to even start? I say you start, I say you start with, with your gifts and then you look for individuals that are going to add to that. Um, mm -hmm. I just know for me, just, just starting a business, like I felt like, and I don't know if this is a black woman's mentality or not, but I felt like I had to be the end all be all. Like I had to make the flyers and I had to put the website together and I had to do the business cards, but it's just like, no sis, you're not good at that. I need you to go over <laughs> here and get your audience 
<laughs> go on Fiverr and you let somebody, you know, do your business cards or you let somebody build, you know, your website when you get to that point. And I feel like we we try to go and build a table, but we feel like we got to be the one to cut down the tree and the, and the shape it and get everything right. We got to build <laughs> the chairs ourselves. We got to watch HDTV and we got to learn how to decorate the table. So it's just like, what are you good at? Like, what's your gift? Um, what are your areas of improvement? And you need to find people that you can get together with and build the table with and sit around the table with other women that may look like you, that may not look like you, that may share your ideas, that may not share your ideas, but your goal is the same. And I think yeah. that's where we mess up. We, we, we don't tell people what, what our end goal is. My end goal is to build a business that's going to support these people. Are you with that? Or are you not with that? And all right, mm-hmm. you with it? Let's sit around the table and, you know, let's get together. Um, so that, you know, that would be my first piece of advice. And then the second thing is you have to believe that you're capable of, of being a part of that building process and that you belong at the table. Um, cause one of the recent things that I heard is that if you're, if you're not at the table, you own the table. So if you're not at the table talking about it, then you own the right. Like somebody eating you up and you know, right. you're not important. So you right. have to, you have to know your gifts, know what you're good at. Get with people that's going to fill in those deficits and you have to know that you belong at that table. Exactly. Exactly. I think too, for me, one of the lessons that I'm learning too is that I, that I need to be intentional about supporting black women, you know, Mm -hmm. other black women. Um, Mm -hmm. And like if they have small businesses or they have, you know, writers or whatever, and that they're into love, black women and through that like I think that black girls can see what that looks like you yes. know like they it, yes. it's important for I'm a mother of two girls two black girls and it's important for them for me for them to see how many other black women are successful in so many different arenas you know, mm-hmm. not just me or not just you're special you know but there's a power that comes from us getting together and mm-hmm. and and we are powerful you know and i know we're not talking directly about electoral politics but the most likely voter in america is black women black women who go to church right mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that's the most consistent not white labor people or rich white people you know it's, it's black church going women right that there's a power that we have and identifying it and then trying to strategize on how we how we help all of us by knowing our individual powers and our collective power sorry our collective yeah. powers yeah. it really is a weed thing yeah mm-hmm, for sure and so for me i think that two schools of thought on this um definitely i agree with with what's been said uh, we definitely need to support each other. My grandmother used to have a, a phrase that you learn by doing, uh, which is, you know, if you translate, that means, you know, you must take the risk. Um, you know, so we just have to go out there and do and, and figure yeah. it out. Um, there, there's many, many different avenues to do what it is you want and dream. Uh, so, and my grandmother, 
was, you know, coming from, you know, a, a grandchild of, of, you know, enslaved folks, you know, grew up in, in, in the dirt roads of Alabama. She and my grandfather, shoes are optional, you know, they're out, you know, picking peanuts and cotton from beginning to end. But my grandmother said she couldn't do that at the age of eight, so she had to cook for the family. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, her, her people told her that Black women will never drive. You know, she's had, she had several cars. And so I guess, you know, they, they taught me that if you want to build your own, if you want to do what you need to do, you must go out there and do. And when one door closes, find another one. Another one closes, find another one. So I lean into that whenever I have an idea to do something or I want to do something, open my own business, businesses, um, take care of a t-shirt line, or even have, you know, a conference that's coming up. You know, what's stopping me from doing it? And again, it's one of those things we have to teach our young ladies and I work with them every single day is that just like you guys are saying, they need to see people because there's very few things that are new under the sun. You know, okay, you, you want to be an attorney. Let me, let me, let me hook you up with 50 black female attorneys that I know or that are in the city or in the area, someone you can reach out to. Okay. You want to be an astronaut? Great. I've met two. You know, so let me see if I can reach out to them is trying to figure it out. And if they have something new that, that hasn't been created yet, tell them to just figure out how to create it. And I think that's what's holding a lot of us back is that people are telling us you cannot because whatever reason, whether it's our people, other black women, white folk or whatever, is literally just tell folk you must do and you must take a risk. If you have the idea, you want to do it, go. Yeah, and I mean, so, I'm not, and that's so powerful for me um, because I didn't see... I didn't see anything different until I got to college. Like I didn't mm-hmm. see doctors. I didn't see lawyers that looked like me. I didn't see, like, I didn't even know any of those things were possible until I got to college. Mm-hmm. And thank God I went to HBCU. So I saw a whole That's lot right. of black people uh, <laughs> that, you know, just, just had it together. But just thinking about myself as a kid, like I did not, I can't, other than my teachers, I didn't see anybody that was a millionaire or like a celebrity mm-hmm. like that I could touch. And I think the good thing or the awesome thing now for the kids that I work with is just like, you know, and I'm going to say Miss Dia because you because you could be my mama. Um, <laughs> um, hey, girl. Hey, girl. But just like she said, like now I can call. And I can, you know, I can call people on the national, the national educators. Like I can call presidents of organizations that come in and talk to my kids. I can call in doctors and nurses to come in and talk, you know, to the, to the kids that I work with. And I never had that as a kid. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't, the kids of today, they don't know how good they have it. They that don't you know. can physically touch know. somebody with a PhD. Mm-hmm. Like you could touch them. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to, you know, they don't have to be on your TV screen or inside of a book like it was for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. that's just so powerful for our kids because they uh they just don't know. And and I wish that I had that when I was growing up. And mm-hmm of not having that I still have gotten to the place and I'm still gonna go even further um, I but it. I just thank God that I've gotten to this point where I can be that example for the kids that I serve and even for I have three daughters and a son um, mm. and I can just be that example for them like hey you my and my grandmother just like you know miss miss deal was saying worked in a worked on a field so she didn't go to college my mom dropped out to have me um, mm-hmm. And went back later and got a GED, but she didn't go to college. So first, so I'm a first generation college student, have an undergrad, 
have a mm. master's, um, mm. you know, cre creating different things. And I just feel so bad sometimes for myself because it's just like I feel like I'm working hard because I don't have somebody that I could pick up the phone and say, okay, when you were starting your business, what did you do? Like, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. in my family. You know, I, I created those communities, but I don't have somebody in my family that I could pick up the phone and say, hey, auntie, whoever, uncle, whoever, how did you do it? Because I right. come from a paycheck to paycheck family. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm out here just building different families that I can learn from. Uh, and and I just I just want better, you know, for my kids. I will have better for my kids and, and for the kids I serve. Like, I totally agree. I was going to say, Isis, I know um, one of the things, I, one of the ways I think white women can be especially beneficial to us is by telling us their secrets and telling us how they're navigating stuff. Now, you know? now Sharonda, do you really think they're going to do that? <laughs> Honestly, where like, I'm like, I, I'd look at, so like my child has a disability, right? So I'm like, where are the rich white people going to get their trainings? And I'll go to that training and then I'll try to share it out. Or, you know, white women that are like my friends that have businesses, I'm like, how did you decide on what your, you know, your consulting fee would be? Yeah. And how do you do yeah. this? Right. And, and uh, they keep it quiet a lot. Like I know they do, but I think pushing that out, you know, it's like, I don't care if you have a black lives matter sign in front of your house, Tell me about annuities. Tell, Tell me why me. I matter. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I secret. like what are y'all doing? Like, what, you know, I want to know, I want to know practical tips, you know? And I think for me, like, my mom, she grew up chopping cotton and she went on to get a PhD, was the first in our family, which is amazing. Oh, wow. um, nice. Um, but when I look at her model, like, and I see a lot of the women, and I'm sure this is us on the phone as well. What I see is the black women who make it are working themselves to death. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, Amen. It's, it's, it's this idea mm -hmm. of like, hustle, hustle, get it done, get it done, get it done. Mm -hmm. And we know we live in a country where black women's medical needs aren't being taken care of. Nope, and we have nope. hypertension and we have all these things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I need to see examples of successful mm -hmm. black women who aren't killing themselves, right? Yeah. Aren't, yeah. Who aren't working. And, and it's not that, you know, we can't work hard because we can, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, I says like this idea that I need to do everything or I need to, you mm -hmm. know, to do, to do all of these things on my own. It's, it's killing us. You mm -hmm. know, it's seen as mm -hmm. like a badge mm -hmm. of honor mm -hmm. to work yourself to death. Yeah. But how to can I let me let me ask a quick question real quick because this this topic is especially um especially it resonates with me because my mother passed away from breast cancer in 2016 and throughout the the whole time that she had breast cancer even up until the last couple of months when she was deemed terminally ill she was working. You know and I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around how she was able to really muster up the strength to keep working, you know? And so um, how do we, 
how do we kind of break ourselves from, because I had a conversation a couple of months ago with a, with a couple of other women around the importance of self-care because we, as black women, we carry everything on our shoulders. So much so yeah. to the point where we're ultimately worn down, like the song Wildflower by the OJs. Mm-hmm. That song hits me. The lyrics, whoo, it hit, they hit me. And so how do we, Sharonda, as you were saying, how do we balance being the strong black women that we are, but also taking care of ourselves because that's hard. And many of us do not know that balance. Right. And you know what the truth is? I didn't, I didn't really start working on this and I'm still bad at it, but mm-hmm. until I had daughters because mm-hmm. I believe that they, that saying kids do what they see you do, not what you say you do, like right. set home to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I want my children to know balance, I have to show them that I can do balance, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and then the other part is, I think, acknowledging that there have been some wins, some societal wins for us that weren't necessarily there for, like my mom was a single mom of three kids and went back and got her PhD, right? Like she had to work hard. She couldn't, mm-hmm. she didn't have an option to stop working, you know, because she was the sole provider. There was no... um child support coming in, you know, like she had to do that. And so I think looking at ourselves and assessing kind of like what assets we have and, mm-hmm. and, and I, and it's hard. I, I, I mean, I make it sound easy, but it's like, what, where can we rest? You know, right. what, like we can't take on everything mm-hmm. and, and we need to stop, I think, praising women who 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 do that? Like, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I love you, B. I love you. Um, <laughs> but she had twins in a C-section, and like one of the twins almost died. She had incident, and then she went a month later to do Coachella, right? And mm. and and to her body, and we're like applauding, like, yes, she can do it, right? Mm. We're like, like, no, sis, sit down and rest. Sit your ass down. You just had twins in a C-section. Why are you dancing? Stitch is still fresh, Jesus. On stage and your stitch is still fresh. Yes. I mean, basically, it was a month after she had twins in emergency C-section. And we all are like, this is our model, you know? Like, And I think... With that, Sharana, not to cut you off, but I think you're right. And I think what happens is my grandmother, you, and I started laughing because, and I referenced my grandmother a lot because she was very influential in my life. But she, she used to have this phrase called, and, and my grandmother probably had about an eighth grade education, but the knowledge base she had was nuts. She used to tell us, sit your ass down. Every every black grandmother in America, sit down somewhere. Sit down. Now, what it meant, and y'all know what it meant. Like, at first, you're not just so physically sit down. When you started doing nuts stuff, like you doing so much that you doing nut stuff, then it's like time to sit your ass down and rest. Like, if you know, you know, we have to know our bodies enough. Like, some people can grind so hard, and they'll say, "Oh, I need to sleep for three days straight." Some people grind so hard and say, now I need to go to the beach for two weeks. You have to know what it is. Okay, I got to do yoga and meditation and prayer every morning just to walk in this classroom because I'm going to beat a kid's ass. You need to know what your limitations are to where, you know, oh, let me back let me back all the way to hell up 
and mm-hmm. sit down. And I think that's what we need to teach, not only ourselves, but all of our young girls. Like, you feel your heart beating fast? Sit your ass down. Oh, yep. you see, oh, you didn't put your car keys in the refrigerator? Sit your ass down. <laughs> so I think. <laughs> y'all, y'all take that. Put that on the t-shirt. I'll name You need to know what your 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 balance is so you can sit down. And just like you guys, 40, 41, that's when I realized I needed self-care and I needed every single day. I pray, I meditate, I do yoga, all the things I need to do just to relax and get my mind right. And then when I need to go. I go, like, I need to get out of Philly. Mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. get to Oklahoma, see my mama, get some sweet potato pie. What do I, whatever I need to do to get my mind right, and then I know I'm ready to get back to the grind. And that's what we need to start teaching, our mental health, our physical health, and definitely our self-care. Yes, that's yes. One thing, I, I, um, yes. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Isis. <laughs> now I was just going to say one thing that I learned, um, and I'm a 30-year-old mom of four, um, mm-hmm. So I prided myself on the grind. <laughs> like I, 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 I literally did. And I took it, I took it personally when, when people didn't think I was working hard, so I would work harder. Um, but one thing that, you know, somebody had to teach me was that you can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. Mm-hmm. You are empty. If your energy is low, it's just like you can't really give them especially if you have kids and I have a husband. So I technically have five kids because I have four that I gave birth to and I'm married. I technically have five kids. Um, But it's just like, you know, I really had to learn that they will take from you. They love you, but they will take as long as you're giving. And at the end of the day, it wasn't until I think we were going on a cruise and I literally had everybody's information but mine. Like I had everybody birth certificate, passport, like everybody was all ready to go. And I realized I didn't have what I needed. And yes, it was documents and it was paperwork, but I really sat back and I reflected on just the small things that I do, like washing everybody clothes first, getting everybody dinner ready first. And it was just like, all right, you're not really taking care of you and you burnt out and you snapping off on them because you're not ISIS anymore. Like you just a mom and a wife and a teacher, but you're not yourself. So I really mm. think it's important. And, and when I talk about breaking generation strongholds for so long as black people, I think we prided ourselves on working hard, but we still not getting anywhere. So it's like you putting in all this time and all this energy for other people, whether you working for somebody or whatever, but it's just it's like, you're not putting any, anything at any time in for yourself. So I think it's very important. And I teach my girls as well. And my son, even though he's 11 months old, I'm like, look, dude, like you need to sit down. Like you've been, you've been crawling and you've been doing a whole <laughs> lot mixing up, like so chill. Um, but especially for my daughters, like I don't want them to think that you always have to put your, like for black people, I think we have, we, we have gotten to the point where we feel like if we're not putting our hands to it, we're not working. But you can be having a conversation and sharing information with somebody and work. You could be sitting, you could be meditating. And that time you're meditating, you're purposely planning out, okay, what's my next step? I'm breathing. I'm taking care of myself. That's work. So you don't always have to be putting your hands to something to be working. Sometimes it is just sitting down and gathering yourself so you can be productive. Don't focus on working. Focus on being productive. And I, well, when you when you think about it, because just just going back, because I'm stuck on this book that I'm reading, po- 
post-traumatic slave syndrome. And a lot of those things are ingrained in us, you know, that realistically during slavery, if we weren't quote unquote working hard, hard in the fields, we would get our ass beat. Right. You know, so at this point, you know, it's our mentality is if we're not working hard, then there's a consequence to that, you know. And so now it's a it's a conversation of, yeah, work hard. But how are we working smart and not so hard? And just you know? understand, we got to unlearn. We not we not in nobody field. Like, chill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but I also think like it's bringing up racism again and the systemic racism. And I'm reading mm-hmm. this book by, um, it's a black woman. Her name is Dr. Tina Sachs and it's called Invisible Visits, Black Middle-Class Women in the American Healthcare System. Mm-hmm. Is that we're working ourselves to these issues and when we go to the hospital, they're racist and they're not going to take care of us, right? They're not, they're not doing that. We're more likely to die in childbirth. We're more likely to be um, underprescribed pain meds. I mean, there's all this research that's coming out now. So part of it is for ourselves, right? But it's also like a preventative measure to say we need to call out racism, you know? Again, like who's holding us back? We're working ourselves to death, but then when we need the support, when we need the help, we're not getting it. Um, mm-hmm. Just simply because we're Black women. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we need to, I, I think, I enjoy the part of calling out white people. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah, like, we like I, I, I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to work less, but you also need to stop underdiagnosis and killing us while we're trying to have babies. Like, and some of this, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't know if you guys heard about that lady who was the head of John Hopkins, black woman, and she was doing this study on why black women died more in childbirth. So she's a doctor, PhD, head of John Hopkins, and she went into labor and almost died. And she's like, oh, hell. Like, you know, obviously (laughs) this isn't class. This isn't access. This isn't knowledge. Like, what is happening here systemically that's killing Black women? You know, they almost killed Beyonce. They almost killed Serena. You know, like... (laughs) Who if they would have killed Beyonce, Lord? It would have been an uproar. uproar. But we need to know that even if they can't get get good medical service... They'll kill Beyonce. I know they'll kill me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and send her out there to Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, take a rest, be like, it's okay, right. got you. but yeah, like we, you know, so some of it's individual work, but then the other part is like, how do we, and or what is our role in calling out systems, right? And I know I can't march, but I can write, you know. So I look at that as like my part of the movement. And Mm -hmm. other people can march, but maybe they can't write, you know, so Mm -hmm. they do that. Or people can teach. I cannot teach, right? I know one way of saying things. If you don't get it that first time, you're in trouble. I don't need to be anyone. (laughs) Say that again. Everybody can't teach. No, no. That is a special. I knew at an early age it wasn't for me. I knew I didn't have the patience. That's (laughs) that's a special gift. And it really (laughs) is a gift, you know, and we have to respect that. And understand that that's not for all of us. So if you, yeah. you have good teachers, we need to cultivate Black teachers. We need to cultivate Black writers. We need to cultivate Black organizers, Black, you know, all of these people um, and and call out the systems that stop us from this cultivation, you know? Because yeah. it's not right. just because we're lazy or because we're not 
working hard enough or we're not trying hard enough or we're not supporting. Some of this is because these motherfuckers are racist, you know, yeah. like yeah. they, they yeah. are actively trying to yeah. tear us down. Um, and, and both of those, that needs to be balanced when we think about how we survive as black women and how we thrive and flourish. Yeah. So let me, let me go to Dia real quick because, um, I got to shout out the, the event that I'll be a part of on March 28th in Philly, the Sisters Informing Sisters Chat, um, a, a Be Free LLC production. That's that it. in which we'll be having conversations that encompass everything that we've talked about on this on this re, on this call today. So, Dia, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about this dope ass event that you're yep. putting together. Absolutely, and, and again, it came out of necessity. I'm working over the summers for the past few years for Columbia University Girls in STEM program, and we go across the country and we talk to girls about. Um, being, uh, you know, in STEM, you know, because those are the jobs of the future. And we're trying to find people to make sure that they talk to them and we're, we're finding them, you know, we find them. And then we want to show Ted talks. We're finding them, we're finding them, but it's like needles in the haystack. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? We want to have something like, you know, a TED talk, something that where we can have all these black women together in one area, talk in one space, in a safe space, in a brave space, talking to us about issues about us. So that's kind of how it was birthed. And so we started in in August and we started working on this thing. And, and here we are, it'll be at the end of the month. So we have folks talking to us about our mental health, our maternal health. We have folks talking to us, ladies, sisters, talking to us about um, what it is to be an activist, you know, disruptor, Miss Tanisha Peoples coming in, you know, folks coming in and talking about to us about entrepreneurship, you know, folks coming to talk to us about, hey, sex positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and so things that we need to know to have conversations so we can be better and realize, number one, we're not a monolith. Sometimes we can be ratchet and sometimes we can be straight up and yes. down in the boardroom. You know, mm-hmm. so we are all of these things and it's OK. We're going to love on each other and we're going to make sure we support each other. So I'm super excited to have you be a part of it. Super excited to hear all these women. I mean, folks, I mean, have, you know, Jacinth, you know, made a documentary. You know, she, she's made films. This is about to be lit. So I hope folks yeah. can come out. Oh, it's going to be dope. Dia, drop the, drop the info, the um, sure. website and the dates and info so people can have it. I will. We um, I have a pre-conference on March 27th in Philadelphia and March 28th is the actual conference is where the chats are happening. Um, so it'll be at, um, you can go to syschatsconference.com to get all of the information. We're on all the socials. Just look for syschats conference, search, and then it'll come up. You can buy the tickets. The tickets are inaugural $50. So we know for conferences, that's pretty cheap, especially for to, to hear from these dope women. However, if you reach out to me at that website, I can have a Groupon for you, have a little discount. <laughs> so reach out to me. It's only 200 folks. So Tickets are selling up, are selling pretty fast. So please reach out to me or Tanisha um, as soon as possible, so you guys can get on in on this. You don't want to miss this. This thing is about to be lit. No, this is this is gonna be the realest talk of the year. So yeah, um, make sure y'all get y'all tickets. Make sure y'all hit one of us up because y'all know how we love a hookup now. Yeah, <laughs> we right. can get a discount. We gonna we gonna run with that discount. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so so my last my last kind of question to you guys is again, being that is Women's History Month, 
how do we connect the the phenom- phenomenal achievements of black women from our past to what we're doing now and as, as phenomenal black women activists educators entrepreneurs to really impress those those actions and that mindset on our young black girls i know for me i'm just starting to really kind of figure out how to talk with ancestors mm-hmm. and ask for guidance in that way. Um, I, you know, like I said, like I like to write honestly about white people's bullshit. So I channel Ida B. Wells a lot, you mm. know, and I, mm. I, I read what she wrote and I read what people wrote about her. Um, and, and I, when I get nervous, which, which I do, a lot. Um, I I think about how nervous she had to have been in the 1920s to be, you know, like she was going to lynching sites afterwards and interviewing the white women who said that they got raped and be like, nope, they had a relationship, right? Like she was just Mm -hmm. so bold. Um, And so I figure, you know, by looking at her and then looking at, you know, you, Tanisha, and, and other women that I see that are doing it, it's like, I, I then feel like I can do it, you know? So like channel, channel, channeling the energy and the strength of our ancestors and our sisters now so that our young kids can see that. Um, yes, that's so a word. Important. That's a word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you think? I was going to say for me, I'm, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm, I'm praying that I wake up one day and I'm Dr. Maya Angelou. Um, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, but I'm still praying on it um, just because she is my ultimate, ultimate, like, person. She's my she's my shero. Um, and I actually had a chance to meet her um, when I won a scholarship. And just everything about her, just in a simple conversation, everything she said just had so much power to it. Um, but one of the things that she said that I live by is that my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive. Uh, and to do it with passion, compassion, humor, and style. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this idea that I'm very passionate about education, but while being passionate about it, I can't just be the person that's talking. I can't just mm-hmm. be the person that's complaining. I can't just be the person that that sees a need and that's all I, and, and I don't do anything about it. But then also having that sense of compassion and, and having the understanding that everybody doesn't understand what it's like to grow up in poverty. Everybody doesn't understand what it's like to come from a single parent household. So it's your job to be passionate, but it's also your job to bring a level of compassion for the people that have never been in it, but they're trying to, um, teach kids that are in it, but also to have compassion for for the kids that are currently mm-hmm. in the situation and they're okay. having to be adults um, mm-hmm. and their kids. But mm-hmm. then also tap, making sure I'm tapping into the part of being just, just not letting life happen to me um, mm-hmm. and not being so, so angry and so... Um, bogged down all the time but but still being able to be this fun and loving person but still being able to carry myself as a strong black woman but I don't always have to wear it on my shoulders but if you catch me in the conversation or if you sit down and we actually get to talk you're going to know 
what I'm about and you're going to know all right, that, that there are certain lines and there are certain things that you can say and that you can do in my presence because I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to let you get away with or say any or any type of thing, um, right. whether it's about me or whether it's about black kids. Um, and, and I do put the disclaimer out there that I am for all kids. However, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to come for black kids. That's just not going to happen. Ooh. I don't you care. Know, all lives all. Matter is people try to all lives matter it all the time. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> right. Like my, like my mama said, like my mama tell people all the time, even when she wrong, she right. And that's how I feel. <laughs> and that's how I feel about some of my, uh, my natural born kids and the kids that I serve. Even when they're wrong, they're right. I'm going to get on them later, but that's not your job. Um, yeah. But definitely, um, you know, just like Sharonda said, definitely have Dr. Maya Angelou, but I have women like you all that are on this call that are women, women that are fighting a good fight, like we say, um, each and every day. That that I can look up to, and that that I can that I know that either I can DM or email or call and be like, "Hey, I'm having an issue. You know, I need your help." <laughs> yeah. Awesome. awesome. Hmm? Um. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just, I'm act. It sounds like I'm listening to the podcast. I forgot that I'm on it. I'm <laughs> Sorry about that. So I, for me, multiple things. I, I think that. Um, I traveled to West Africa to study and I used to listen. We would sit, you know, we would go to class and then afterwards we would sit and listen to folks, you know, older, even some our age, and they would just talk ad nauseum about their history. And I'm like, you're like, oh my God, but no, you learn so much. I think we need to make sure we also bring that here to our young people. Uh, we have to thank Cole for it all the time. Yeah. Yes. Let yes. them know the importance of reaching back to knowledge gained in our past to bring it to our present to make positive progress. That's the bottom line. So mm-hmm. we need to make sure we thank Cole for it every single time because they're a C- Madam C.J. Walker. Call on Madam C.J. Walker. Call on Ida B. Wells. Call on Fannie Lou Hamer. Call on Shirley Chisholm. Call on, you know, calling on Angela Davis, calling on my grandmother, my mother, the, the, the Miss Johnson in the church yes. to give you peppermint and hit you when you're talking too much in the choir. We need <laughs> right. to call, call and then call. fall asleep and then fall asleep. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and wake up at the benediction. Amen. Right. <laughs> that was a word, Pastor. That was a word. Pastor. <laughs> so, you know, so I think that we just need to continue where we are, like, who can we reach out and touch, you know, at our schools, in our neighborhoods, where we are. And I think if all of us did that, just imagine where we will be. Mm, so, yes. so, you know, I think we just need to commit to making sure that those folks that are around us know, you know, have this knowledge that we have so they can then pass that on. Yes, yes. And I just, I just want to echo everything that y'all said. And this is something that, uh, I, it, it's it's very personal to me. I, I don't reveal it often, but I'm going to do it on this show because I think it's important. Um, some months ago, I had a, a spiritual reading in L.A. And mm-hmm. I had this vision of myself standing at this cliff, looking out into a forest of trees and somewhat being afraid of what was in that forest. But knowing that my path was in there somewhere and being affirmed in that thought, and in that mission, because my ancestors were behind me, you know, and I felt that power. Yes. And and so when I think about it now, not only are my ancestors behind me, but my my peers, my sisters, you guys, um, my brothers in the struggle, my community are at my side, clearing this path. 
And so mm-hmm. I, I really try to keep that in mind when I am working with youth because I am really passionate about youth um, empowerment and upliftment. It, it's just reaffirming their beauty and their their um, their ability to be whatever they want to be and their, you know, them being able to dream um, is important to me. And that's especially what I try to instill in black girls because, you know, they're the most targeted group these days, you know? Right. So um, right. mm-hmm. just keeping that in mind, just embodying the, the, the wisdom and the unapologetic attitudes and energy of the women that came before us and really mm-hmm. taking that and carrying my have letting that carry my advocacy in this work and stepping into my power and my awareness and my worth um to to really radiate that amongst the people who need to, to feel those things also so um with that we're going to go ahead and conclude. We're going to wrap it up because mm-hmm. nap time. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <I do work. laughs> no, <Nah>, but um, <laughs> this has been a great discussion as always. I want to thank you all for being a part of this conversation. Miss um, Isis Spann, Miss Dia Jones, Miss Sharonda Knight Dawson. You guys are just the dopest women, some of the dopest women I know. And you really made this conversation rich. So clap it up for y'all selves. Make sure y'all follow us on social media because the conversation doesn't stop here. We're constantly talking about these issues online. So make sure y'all follow us, find us, type our names in. Um, the information will be available in, in this podcast recording and, um, celebrate, make sure you celebrate a black woman this month, not even just this month, all year, every day, every Mm -hmm. minute, celebrate a black woman. So with that, y'all enjoy the rest of y'all day and we are out people's voice. Thank you. Thank you.